Strangled Banter, episode one. How's it going, guys? What's up, guys? We got Connor Defabaugh here. We got uh, my man, Mark Wellmaker. Shut up. Hey, guys. And the buddy, <laughs> Rob Sadal. The laughter in the background. It's Rob, yeah. yeah. Having some beers. Thirsty. Talking. Thirsty Thursday. Something like that. Thirsty Sunday. It's been a great day. Mark's a little hungover. Yeah, I'm sticking with the water. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Had a little bit too much fun last night. So what are we doing here, Connor? What are we, what are we doing here, man? What do you want to talk about? Well, I... About? I guess I'll figure... I figured I'd, I'd get into this a little bit. But I wanted to start... Yeah. I guess where I started with was... With this whole COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic and everything going on, it seemed like, it almost seemed like people got really comfortable with the government telling each other, telling the people what to do. I mean, it got to the point where it's like the government saying, hey, stay home or hey, do this or hey, do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got almost to the point where I felt like, I'm like, hey, does anybody care that this is a, a big deal and like that we shouldn't be just trusting the government to tell us what to do. Have you ever met any of these fucking mayors? <laughs> or have you ever met any of these uh, judges or whoever's making these rules? These guys, I wouldn't fucking trust them with my... Watch my dog. <laughs> much less uh, making a decision for my health or my, you know, my uh, well-being. And so I noticed people got comfortable and it bothered me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because in the past, um, generations like... You know, our grandparents, maybe our great-grandparents, they'd experienced times in our lives where they actually had, like, free, their freedom was, like, at stake. I mean, they had, like, a, 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 some type of active war. They had, you know, actual yeah. problems, real things. Yeah. And so they, to them, it was a big deal. And those, like, freedom, liberty, the American ideals were super important to them. Mm. And I feel like our parents, our generation, have gotten a little soft. It's not anybody's fault, obviously, but... I feel like we've just gotten to a point where everybody's like, well, oh, yeah, sure. Government, tell me what to do. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I think right. it's important that we go to, we at least talk about this stuff and get to a interview people, interview mm. business owners, entrepreneurs, restaurateurs. Um, gosh, I mean, anything really. Yeah. But just talk, just talk to people about, you know, like young, um, you know, kind of common sense minded people talking about what we're what's important and why we could do the things we do in the United States of America and why um, us enjoying those, you know, freedoms and liberties is a huge deal. Um, And, you know, and that, I don't know. And and the coronavirus thing was just something I just started with, but I'm really just thinking just in general, you know what I mean? So coronavirus definitely sparked a lot of this, right? In the way of testing this most recent news, is it right? Is it wrong? What's the opinion? What's the angle? And it seems like people were, you know, quick to shut the doors and... Yeah, and I, I want to know, Connor, <clears throat> I see where you're coming from on just accepting what various levels of government have told us to do. That's part of the reason that I think the United States has a relatively decentralized government and the states have their own ways of shutting things down. There's city-level, county-level shutdowns. The federal government <clears throat> was really issuing guidelines, so... Um, that's probably why we didn't mobilize as well. Um, I do definitely think it's that coronavirus is a serious disease and that we probably, at the time, 
should have been staying inside, regardless of whose prerogative it was that we did that. Um, so what do you what do you think about? Are are you saying that you think we shouldn't have sheltered in place to try to keep the healthcare system from being overwhelmed and everything? Like, how would you have done it? Well, I think I'm no expert. I'm definitely no uh, pandemic expert or doctor. Yeah, yeah, and I don't pretend to be. Um, And so I think in the very beginning, our response to it was normal. I mean, it was it was like we don't know what's going on. You know, what is this virus? What's it causing? Um, How many people are going to die? We don't fucking know. So I understand that, and I understand that the first reaction should be like, okay, everybody take take a chill pill. Let's you know (laughs) kind of hunker down a little bit first. Mm -hmm. I just think though that. Beyond that, I think you as an individual, and this and this goes back to my overriding theme, I mean, you as an individual knows what's best for you, and so do I, and the government sure shit doesn't. And so, and that's, that's, and that's a broad general statement, but yep. my, my big thing is like, so as, as a, as a individual, I know my, what's safest for me, and I know that we obviously have and I, I don't mean that as in like, you don't, I'm not saying you don't need like the WHO, the World Health Organization or or other things to give you information. Mm-hmm. I just mean like, I definitely don't think the judge or the, the fucking mayor of Dallas County or the whoever, right, of LA County or whoever, wherever we're talking about. Yeah. I don't think they have your best interests nor know what's best for you. And I don't think we should let them. You know what I mean? I think... That's my thing, right? Are you thinking of staying in, though, as a function of protecting yourself? Because we're three young guys. We're all late 20s. Are you thinking of staying in as a, as a function to protect yourself? Or are you thinking of it as a function of protecting those around you, the people who are more vulnerable, Right. that it may be more I think, serious I think for Connor them? would put that, put that freedom back on ourselves to make that decision. Right. If you're a high-risk individual... Let me do what I can to be of service to you and bring you right. what your needs are. Right, and how we protect those individuals. Um, yes, yes, but you know we've we've seen things in the news recently where like the barber shops took longer to get open <clears throat> when other small businesses, even Hobby Lobby, I think, was open with the with the grocery stores in Dallas County through everything. It's just funny where people decided to draw the lines on some of these small businesses and right. and who had to follow order and why and. Yeah, so yeah, it's certainly yeah. protocol early and you're on. Right. But you're totally right. I, I get where you're where you're going with that, which is you know we're we're staying at home, we're sheltering in place to protect those that that, that can't protect themselves or vulnerable, and they might they might have to get out for some reasons, or they might be in public institutions like right. hospitals and things like that. Right. So the more that we can do to keep this from spreading to them, because a lot of the most vulnerable people, health wise, are also the most vulnerable people infection wise essentially they they are yeah, in yeah, hospitals yeah. Be, you know and there's multiple people coming in and out every day sick people so Close they're not only old and I'm not saying they're old but they have one or more conditions age that makes them more vulnerable that I think makes this virus more deadly to them right. at the same time they're the ones who are probably getting the most exposure to it sure yeah it's, it's tough double edged sword there yeah, and I guess you're. I I totally understand that, and so and and I guess what it comes down to is if you look at the economy, uh, 
again, I'm no expert. I don't claim to be. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the economy, the economy is billions of interactions going on every second, right? It's it's people making decisions. It's buying, mm-hmm. selling, mm-hmm. Um, holding. It's you know in a very basic form. It's 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 people making you know decisions for nonstop themselves. For, themselves. for themselves yeah. as to what's best for them or not. So it's a slippery slope. And, and for me, I guess what I'm saying is those people who are in vulnerable, vulnerable positions, um, the elderly, the uh, pre-existing conditions, um, mm. you know, heart condition, whatever it is, um, uh, asthma, that kind of thing, those people can choose to stay at home, right? And then the people who are healthy, who don't have those exist, uh, you know, pre-existing conditions or who are younger are band together to, to, to help protect those people um, mm-hmm. in the form of, like you said, if they have to get out. Well, they don't necessarily have to. I mean, instead of all of us staying home and quarantining, we could have went and helped those, you know, we could have done delivery things or done whatever, I don't know, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, that is. whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But long story short, it's, I feel like the individual and the part of the reason, again, why I'm, why I feel like I wanted to start a podcast like this is to talk about the, the individual and the freedom we have as Americans, and how important it is that the individual is able to make their own, um, you know, their own choices whether things are healthy or not, good or bad. Because mm-hmm. um, some things aren't. Yeah, I mean, some people choose to do bad things, and so is it. Or how far do you go with that argument? It's like, well, you know, how many people, how many thousands of people get killed in a car wreck every day? Right. I don't know. Probably more than coronavirus ever has done. But does that mean we're all supposed to stay home because we're risking people yeah, at the yeah. wheel? Yeah, sure. I, you know what I mean. What, oh, what's yeah. the if you've done if you've <clears throat> done some intentional or non-intentional action that causes someone to die in a car accident? Maybe it's an accident. It's the the fault of the person who dies. But say I'm a drunk driver, I'm gonna under the rule of law receive some kind of punishment for hurting mm-hmm. or, or killing someone. Right. So those are rules that are in place that. You see where I'm going with it. Um, It's not the same thing. I don't think it's a great comparison. Um, But I think you can see how our actions in transmitting a disease that could kill someone, we we could be responsible for for someone from dying. And and there are precedents of people, um, assault charges, and even, I I don't know if there are murder charges, but I've, I've seen things where people pass infectious diseases to... Say I go have sex with a girl and I have mm-hmm. HIV or some very serious, sure. you know, disease that I pass or I did not disclose that I had that. Um, there's legal precedent for me to get in trouble for that kind of thing. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. it's tough. I mean, I I think you know where I'm going with it, but I think I'll, most people feel the same way I do. I think there's a loud um, section that says. We just have to open the economy wide open, and there's a loud section that says we need to shut down, shut everything Two down years. permanently. But I think those are, yeah, yeah, I think those are loud minorities, and I think most people are, are are on the same page as I am, which is it was necessary to shelter in place while healthcare infrastructure prepared itself. This is flattening the curve, um, mm-hmm. getting more testing, getting more ventilators, getting more ICU beds. Um, but slowing the progression of this disease to where the healthcare system could 
it could handle it. And, and it seems to me, like I said, none of us claim to be experts here, but it seems to me that we're, at least I know Dallas County, if it peaks now, we would never run out of ICU beds or ventilators. Yep. We're, we're <laughs> good on that. Yeah. So to me, now it's time to start opening up the economy with social distancing measures in place. I don't understand why anyone would want the economy to stay shut down for the next at least 18 months while we develop it's very a, dangerous a, I mean the 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 cure is worse than the than the disease in, in that case right yeah yep. we're gonna people die under bad economic circumstances so yeah um, at what I, point does poverty become worse than coronavirus yeah you can quantify that in in very human easy. life yeah too yeah, yeah so so at what um, point at what point does I mean, and, and it goes, the whole thing, that, that's something that I was talking to um, a couple of friends of mine about was, at, you know, they keep using the, the words essential, like essential business, essential this. Mm-hmm. What, and I'm going to be opinionated, what the <laughs> fuck is essential, right? At what point does, I would, I would argue that anything that allows you to feed your family is essential, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I know that's like a, that's a very, again, general, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm making a statement just to make a point, but you know, all this stuff, where, where does that, what's this, it's a slippery slope. Where does that, uh, where do you say, well, Hey, we're, we're, you know, um, I, I, I'm a rest, you know, I own a restaurant. I'm not essential. Well, I don't know. Are are you, I argue that every, essentially every transaction, right. like I was saying, in that that government or i mean in that economy is is essential so where do you you know what i mean the bigger problem i have with it is the the money that the government is spending to prop up and i we do need social safety nets to some degree one degree or another in in any country but why keep the economy closed and give people money when you could pretty safely open it at this point i believe um with some safety measures in place and they could earn the money themselves to keep food on the table. Yep. Uh, I do think most people feel this way though. It's a balance of, this is a very serious, it's a very deadly disease. Um, but keeping our economy healthy is also a very serious issue. Right. So, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what the job market looks like for some of these people that unfortunately lost their job or furlough, whatever that looks like to them. Wonder what it looks like to, you know, be looking for a job in the coming months with some of these employers, yes, finally opening their doors back, you know, in a way it's probably a lot of working from home. Um, but I wonder what that market looks like, right? Like, yeah, and how has it changed? Could we really how is seen it, it going yet? to change? Right. Yeah, I mean, even down to interviews, I think are going to be quite different in the coming days, right? There's going to be a lot more uh, paperwork before you walk in that door and where have you been and why. And, they um, can get pickier. We'll see. It's it's a reason for employers to get absolutely even more pickier. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and I and that's it's gonna affect everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, that's what it comes down to is where how far, how far do you go with, um, you know, what's important, what's not important, and that's again like to me it's a very political question though, right? Where do you draw that line? Yeah, where do you draw the line? Um, but that's why I think it's important for, for individuals to make that decision, for companies to make that decision. Um, you know, like I recently, uh, actually one of my, um, inspirations for this podcast was Joe Rogan, right? I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. Mm-hmm. Rob, I know you listen to it. Great dude. Shut Mark, up. have you listened to Joe Rogan? Not much. 
You should. We I've seen Joe. some of his YouTube. I know. Videos. We all love Joe here. Yeah. I've seen some of his YouTube videos. Um, I, I, I did see him. I watched the whole Robert Oberst. There you interview. go. I'll, yeah, that was <laughs> right. I'm a strong man fan. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, right. I try to generally avoid politics, and I know he's not yeah. specifically a political guy, but I think that one of the worst things about politics is politics tries to turn everything into politics, whether it's political or not. So <laughs> it's yeah. always going to creep in. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it, uh, <clears throat> shout out to Joe Rogan, JRE baby, but uh, <laughs> the man, the man. But that's so. Um, you should watch it a little or listen to it a little bit. But um, pick pick an episode that you really like, like uh, or a, an artist or a or somebody that re- you really enjoy, and then listen. Yeah. I think you get hooked after a couple of those. You know, like if you, yeah. if you like Robert O'Burst, that was a good one. But um, but anyway, I, I was listening to this this episode here recently with with um, Joe Rogan. He was interviewing um, Elon Musk. And uh, Elon, obviously, no, probably an interesting one. Yeah, it was great. super interesting. Yeah. You should listen to it. Elon is not a great speaker. Congrats <laughs> no, to Elon, though. He's a super smart guy. He just is a kind of an odd, you know, odd duck. But um, public speaking is a different thing. Yeah. than intelligence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Super smart. You could tell he's super smart. But um, it, you know, and not that there's nothing bad about it. It was just interesting to listen to. But um, so I, I thought it was super interesting that Elon had brought up um, some a, a similar. In short, uh, something to what I'm saying, which is, you know, he, as in um, the head of several companies, Tesla, uh, SpaceX, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, uh, the Boring Company, boring a couple of things. Um, <laughs> yeah. He was, he, going? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was <laughs> referencing, I actually just saw that uh, the Boring Company had just finished their tunnel there in L.A. or wherever it was at. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But, um, like, you know, they, they boarded the other side, but... He was specifically referencing Tesla, in which Tesla has, like, I think he said 5,000 employees in China, right? Mm-hmm. So he said that he is intimately, you know, is is intimately familiar with what went on in China, um, how that progressed, and they are kind of further along in the progression than the United States is currently because it started in Wuhan. And so, obviously, that... Um, he was just saying, and really the the point of his his statement was like, you know, him as the head of Tesla mm-hmm. with 5,000 Chinese uh, or, or workers based in China is much more familiar and understands what's going on, what he feels like they understand that they, he feels they understand better than the United States government or anyone else as to what's right, wrong, mm-hmm. safe, unsafe. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And so he's just saying, and and he made the statement. He said, "Well, out of our five thousand employees, out of all of our employees, we have had zero deaths from from COVID nineteen." He said, "There's a lot of people that's gotten sick from it that tested positive, mm-hmm. zero deaths." And he said, "Out of those five thousand employees, they're all back to work. China is chugging along. Yep. They're back to work. They're, as of today, they're back to work. There's no, you know what I mean? They're they're a little further along in the progression of yeah, yeah. and right. China. Cool. Go ahead, sorry. No good." I think it's a little misleading, though, to <clears throat> take a workforce that's generally young and healthy. You're essentially—that's not a random sample that, that no, is representative of the no, total the general population. population. Yeah, of course, they're mostly be, the reason that they're at that job is because <laughs> they're young and healthy enough to work. So right. they are not. The virus is not as deadly to them. I would I would expect the death rate for but that's the argument, workforce right? to be like, lower. Why than... are we not opening those equivalent businesses exactly. in the U.S.? That is the argument. If Wuhan's doing it, right, right, you're, and globally, you're right, you're right Mark. Because 
you like like you said well those those people are relatively healthier or they're they're in relatively a better position to have handled the virus or whatever because they're in a job you know on and on right yeah but that's the whole point i mean that's exactly my point i'm making is he as the ceo or or head of tesla understands his workforce and his people better than anyone else so making a blanket rule that says everybody shut down can't do anything shut your factories down shut your plants down you know is not a smart way to handle it and i think that those people could say well hey I understand that we're going to shut down. Maybe, maybe we we um, quarantine like the elderly, you know, the the old folks' homes or the the I don't know where, whoever, like the young kids, the old, all that stuff. But but he, as Tesla, understands that his workforce is mm-hmm. relatively safer, healthier, and less likely to have any problems. Does he think, or do you think that it's partially because that's ground zero out there for for COVID-19 and they're later in the life cycle of this disease. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean of, it, yeah. I think all three of us would agree at this point now that we think our healthcare infrastructure can, can handle an influx of patients with upper respiratory, you know, severe respiratory mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. Um, that there's no reason we should be shutting things down. Are we all on the same page on that, all For three sure. of us? Yeah, uh, you just gotta have protocols in place. Yeah, yeah, as you said, social distancing, whatever it looks like. If you've yeah, but they're actually saying now. I mean, again, this is this is um, I, I don't have any statistics for this, but I've heard that hospitals now are getting to the point where they're actually laying people off. Yeah, because they don't have enough business. Stop so all the elective surgeries all that the surgeries. were you know the the hip replacement the the knee replacement the whatever mm-hmm. the uh, most profitable uh, procedures they do by the way. We're all put on are, are essentially elective. I think I think heart surgery is probably not elective right. uh, in a lot of cases. But <laughs> sure. I would guess. I, they do, sure. you know. Transplants. I think some of the things that they've stopped doing are some of the most profitable. And, and hospitals operate on very thin margins to begin with. Right. right. See, and, and you probably know more than I do, uh, you know, about the healthcare, especially uh, Mark Mark works for a, for a healthcare company that provides kidney dialysis. Is that correct? Yeah, really vertically integrated healthcare company, but... It's dialysis services. Right. Um, we do manufacturing and stuff like that, too. But, yeah, it's interesting. We You find that hospitals have some of the worst margins in healthcare, though. I thought somebody told me once, I can't verify this, but I know people have told me multiple times, the net margin for a hospital is 1% to 2%. Which wow. is insane. Wow. Yeah. Um, if you think about it. Really bad, yeah. Consi- well, considering how expensive healthcare is. Right, right. Why are you doing right? that for 2%? Well, if you think about, like, I mean, for example, like Walmart. Walmart, um, you know, I worked for Walmart for a short amount of time. They're at, like, what, like a 2%, uh, I don't know, 2 3% margin? I mean, very, very tiny. It's definitely right? under 3 yeah. Yeah, so, so you're, and which is, and Walmart's known to be, mm-hmm. like, cheap as hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. Walmart's a volume play, right? Right, right. volume yeah. play, huge, you know, $500 billion or whatever they're at now, um, company but they're yeah. you know one two three percent margin yeah but hospitals are even lower which is insane to think about i actually hadn't heard that or i didn't know that but i did know i did hear that hospitals were laying people off because they're saying well hey we prepped for this coronavirus and <laughs> you promised like, us yeah we you promised us people where are our patients yeah so you, you had you had hospitals who had three floors of uh, you know hospital they, they dedicated two floors to coronavirus <laughs> yeah and 
Now those two floors have barely had any patients, especially in the rural areas. I guarantee it's really hurting them too, and I don't want to get too into the weeds about that, but it's insane for a full quarter. Right, I mean, this is going on three months. Um, going back to what Connor said, dude, my biggest fear with all of this, especially speaking of hospitals and medical infrastructure, is those exact rural areas, those tertiary markets, those small towns, communities out there that probably have already had a hospital or two. Um, go bankrupt or just leave the town, yeah. right? And now you have this happening to probably the last one within 30-mile radius or more. I mean, that's, that's, yep. that's tough for and those, many, many people out there. And those hospitals prepare just as much as any of them, and that's kind of the problem is, you know, you again, and, and this, it all comes back to the fact that that's why it's so important for individuals, the the the, uh, the, the lowest level of, mm-hmm. of decision-making possible is the most important because... Those, like, I mean, you start at the federal level, obviously, doesn't know jack shit about Texas or California <laughs> sure. or Wisconsin. Sure, it's more of a localized. Yeah, Illinois. But, you know, Texas knows more about Texas than anybody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it goes, it gets it gets granular even from there where I, as, a, as an individual, know substantially more about myself and my, you know, what's important for me mm-hmm. than anyone but that's why it's important that these even hospitals, right? So we're talking about a hospital where it's very it's it's a New York hospitals are substantially different than bumfuck nowhere right. hospital sure. that doesn't. Sure. I mean, we're talking. I mean, I don't know. Rockwall at this point, I think, had uh, you know four or five cases. Richardson probably a few cases. A few, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but anyway, yeah, long Dallas, okay. like Dallas DFW area. Irving was like second or third highest cases. Irving and yeah, Frisco. Yeah. So Irving, Frisco. We're talking, and for those that don't know, we're talking about DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, you know the Metroplex here, and and uh, but you know the, those each individual county, each individual hospital should be making those decisions for themselves because I don't know that uh, you know BFE uh, Texas mm. hospital needed to needed to make the same move as New York City Hospital or Chicago or L.A. That's why it's definitely good that, well, it's good and bad. I I don't want to say it's purely good, but in a country where we, here's the bad. If you do want to respond to the spread of this disease or slow the spread of this disease by having people shelter in place, we're a country that is uniquely suited to be bad at that. Because I do think that people here value their individualism a lot more than some other countries. Um, Absolutely. And the, and the government's more decentralized, right? So everyone's doing different things. For different reasons, yeah. Yeah. Um, different outcomes. So maybe maybe BFE County doesn't have a shelter-in-place order. Maybe that's kind of the beauty of it. I heard yeah. that South Dakota never had that order. I heard South Dakota's been open this entire time. Well, there's like because seven of their popu- because <laughs> yeah. of their population density, which is fucking insane. Which is actually it's awesome. They're good for them, right? I mean, enjoy. So I just saw the other day. I saw a statistic, or actually, it was a map, um, and it showed it showed DFW, Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, and it said like, you know, it showed the the outline the, the Metroplex there, and it said the amount of people, and then it said states. With less people yeah, yeah. in the DFW Metroplex. Yeah. And it was essentially like... Quite a few. Did you see it? 
It was no. I mean, it was like I wonder how many are those. Forty five states. Pretty much every yeah, <laughs> everything in the Midwest. Top thirty. Right? No, yeah. I, I actually think I, I I had to pull it up. But thirty states. It, I think it was like that's wild. I thought it was more than that. It may have been forty states. It wow. was almost like I mean, other than Illinois, California. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe some of the bigger areas there. It was pretty much that you know. So, and and again, that's uh, it. That's the reason we have so many of these things in place. That's why we have the electoral college. That's why we have things that that help to balance that out because mm-hmm. there's such these like you know scale or density of population in certain areas but it, that's why it's so important and to me it's so important as a as an individual to be able to make my own decisions mm-hmm. um, do my own thing and decide what's right for me or what's wrong for me if I want to stay home I don't have to or I I, I can if, if I don't want to I don't have to and vice versa and and you know again every day yeah. you, every time you walk out of your house every time you walk out of your house you're making a decision to put yourself in harm's way in some form or another, you know, like, and, and you're like Mark said, I get that the, the car driving a car, car accident, yeah. car accident thing is a little <laughs> exaggerated. It's hyperbole. Well, let's just talk about it. Okay. This directly the COVID-19, right? I mean, you're, you're risking other people's lives when you walk out. Right. Right. And I didn't mean to interrupt. You risk yeah. lives when you drive a car, you, though, right? You risk <clears throat> lives. You just do. Um, if you drive a car recklessly, Yes. No, but you're you're risking just just statistically for you to walk out and get in your car, you're risking somebody's life, statistically, right? Like yeah. you're right driving recklessly, but just the fact that you're on the road creating I can be going through more a green light hazard. and still kill someone that went through the red, right? Yep. I drove a truck, squish. Yep. I wonder what the numbers are on the death rate. How many people would die if everyone in the United States was infected? Though probably more than car deaths. I, I don't know. Oh, for infection rate? Yeah, the, the the infection rates I've seen in Europe are as high as like nine, or the death rates are as high as nine percent. Now you have to allow under reporting because the least of your cases don't get counted as cases at all, right? Sure. So, so but it's definitely deadlier than the flu. Um, and common like flu. That. Yes, 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 yes. So this, uh, I just googled car deaths per year in you uh, in the United States. Let's see here. This is the Association for Safe International Road Travel. Um, there you go. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> They're definitely working right now. <laughs> now. Obviously, I don't know the the legitimacy of this website. But, .gov? Um, <laughs> yeah, I always check for the .gov. <laughs> <laughs> .org. So it's, it's one oh, tier. Okay, yeah, that counts. It's one tier less net, than .net. Watch out for the nets. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for the nets. The comms are so-so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the orgs are one level below go. But um, so this says uh, annual United States road crash statistics. More than 38,000 people die every year in crashes on U.S. roadways. The U.S. Uh, traffic. Way less, way less than Corona then. Right. But an what? additional 4.4 million are injured seriously enough to require medical attention every year. So, oh, yeah, hospital treatment. Yeah, that's a good point, too, then. So, I mean, so you're right. So, what are we at? And this is the United States. So, what are we at? So, 60,000? That's a 38. So, what? I, I have no Yeah, idea. so go to COVID now. Okay, all right. So, um, I just, I, I wonder why not. It's tough to do because the United States of America is absolutely massive, as many other countries are. Okay, here you go. So, how do you not leave it up to the business owner? I think we're talking about two different things in some cases, though. it's We're talking at some points about closing businesses, and we're talking in other cases about sheltering in place. Sheltering in place. Yeah. So we need a... Great. Okay, sheltering in place. Yeah. Two, so 38,000 yeah. deaths by motor vehicles a year in the U.S. Right. So COVID-19 deaths in the United States, 
this year, 89,932 as of today, which is May 17th, 2020. Wow. And 1.52 million confirmed cases. Um, How many people die from... Um, Heart disease or diabetes, right? And, and I, you know, I'm and I have no, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm definitely not a person that I'm not trying to necessarily make the that they're apples to apples. It's apples and oranges for sure. My my biggest point is, again, you're you're just at what point? Where do you draw that line? So, like Rob, like what was what you had mentioned that your wife had mentioned the some saying that was like a what was oh there you go yeah. Yeah, yeah pull it up because. You had said this earlier, and I thought this is yeah. A this good... led to this is pretty great art argument from a professor, Jamie Lynn. It's not the government's job to protect my health; it's the government's job to protect my rights. It's my job to protect my health. When you trade liberty for safety, you end up losing both. Right. I feel like that's very self-centered, though. It's it's. The government's job to protect people's rights, yes, but the right to live is one of those rights, is it not? So if you keep people from inflicting others with a disease that will kill them, is that not protecting their rights in some ways, their right to live? But and you're right, and that's that. I think that's the there's gray area, so that's why it's like, well, what? But then what's the what's the slippery slope though? Because that that's my problem is Mm -hmm. I see the slippery slope, and I see, and like I mentioned earlier, I think that's why. Our grandparents would roll over in their grave, or great grandparents <laughs> yeah, to yeah. see some of the shit going on today. Because at what point does that become? They're protecting your safety. That's always the, that's always the, the the term. It's like well, safety, it's for your safety. safety. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, it's for your safety that you have to never drive a car again because statistically, people die when you drive a car. You you know you you like whatever whatever scenario you want to take. You're you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah it doesn't. I mean, People are punished for driving recklessly when they... they are, I know, but it doesn't matter. Checks and balances. It doesn't yeah. matter at what point you statistically walking out of your home every morning, just walking, leaving the door, just, just dr- walking out of the house and shutting the door. There's risk involved. Risk. And so at what point, and I know, I'm, again, it's, it's hyperbole, it's, it's, it's exaggeration, but mm-hmm. at what point do we say, okay, government, that's enough. And, and I got I this. this right. is I say me. now. This is now on me. Just how you have the federal laws going with the state. At what point is it on the individual basis instead of even the state level? Right. Yeah, something like this takes a coordinated effort, though. And this is why countries with more collective uh, identities and, and things like that Switzerland's are a lot better at sheltering. It's easier because they can coordinate a lot. Sure. More, populations. I would argue that's what makes us different best yeah absolutely yeah, you know? Fuck yeah. Um, and that's why yeah. that's why i mean you because you see but there so, are disadvantages for sure disadvantages but the, the advantages i would argue of course as a fucking red white and blue american <laughs> uh, are Whoop. substantially far and away better the advantages are than the disadvantages and and so like those countries that you say you know you'll see like these news articles like fucking i don't know switzerland or uh, Denmark or where, you yeah, know, wherever yeah, you want yeah. to talk Herd about herd immunity, yeah. right? They're 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 saying, oh well, you know, so and so handled it just fine. We're good, yeah. Oh, we no big deal. Yeah, no fucking shit. Because yeah. your 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 country <laughs> is the size of less than the DFW Metroplex, right? Size you know? Arlington, sure. Right, and sure. and it's homogenous. It's 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 uh, a bunch of white people. They're all the same. There's no change. No, they have no. They're, they're ethnically, racially, all the, identical. So they have the same ideals. They have the same, you know, his, history. So obviously, yeah. that's that's we're it's it's a beautiful thing. We're a melting pot, 
of the United States, but it's also it makes it difficult to manage and to navigate the you know like what's right, what's wrong. That's why it's so much more important for people to make individual decisions, case by case basis. I want to confront this directly then yeah. um, to and I'll ask you both individually. Would you have had us? Do no shelter in place at any point, knowing that oh, initi- thousands initially and thousands late. of marginal deaths would happen. No, I think when the inf- there wasn't really much information that really came out when this all started happening late March. Let's call it. No, we. I think we should have sheltered in place. Let's find out as much information we can from North Italy, from China, wherever those hotspots were. Let's learn from whatever it is, and then yeah, let's make an informed decision. Again, but, I think case this is, by case basis. You're right. Separate from closing the... I guess they go hand in hand, but at this point, the sheltering in place, there really would have been no point in businesses being open anyway because nobody's going to go because we're all locked in our houses. Yeah. But knowing that these protocols saved thousands of lives, do you feel that it was completely inappropriate to, for any level of government still to to have a sheltering in place? I think if you're, I have, I totally um, am on board with when we, when we had the initial like, okay, what the hell's going on? Yeah. What is this? Um, you know, how, how deadly is it? On and on and on. This is the flatten the curve phase. Right, right. right. We're talking so about. you're trying to yeah. figure out, you're trying to figure out what this is, how deadly is it? Um, how many people does it affect? I understand that we that you'd take a week or two where the government says, "Hey, everybody, we'd highly recommend." Again, no fucking law. There's no there's no uh, yeah. d- directive that that we'd highly recommend that you that you take precaution, work from home if you can, you know, on and on and on. Take do the necessary the the, the steps to to protect yourself until we can figure out what's going on. But again, at what point? So, like for example, you you mentioned like marginal deaths. Like, you know, okay, we know that X amount of thousands of people have died because of this virus. But again, we haven't quantified how many people will die or will suffer death or not. Yeah. Because they're out of a job. How many single mothers? Because this, this, you know, I heard from somebody the other day, I was talking to them about it, about this and they, I, they brought up a great point and they said, you know, this in the, in the past when we've seen other things, ever other, you know, uh, epidemics, other problems, even, even like the 2008, like the, the, um, the tech bubble kind of deal or the housing crash, right. And the tech bubble, in 2008, it affected essentially upper middle class and and, and the upper class, right? It, ha- it affected the people who were making a lot of money. This has affected lower class. This has laid off the direct lower class. I mean, it's, it's laid off restaurant mm-hmm. uh, workers. It's yep. laid off salon owners and Early salons. Yep. It's laid off. I mean, it's the people who really, who who are, I would argue, you know, are the, the backbone of what people, you know, the, the economy. But... How you can't say that? Oh well, yeah, they got laid off, but they had a four hundred one k and they had a, uh, you know, a retirement or a whatever. Check, and yeah, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. No, I mean it's like directly impacting the the single mothers who have you know single mother with one job that worked, or or multiple jobs that that worked you know to feed a couple kids or it, it laid off those people. So what again? If you're looking like if you brought an an economist in here, what would he say? Because he'd say, well, the facts are, you know. Again, I don't know what he'd say, but the unemployment rate is this now. Like this right. is the once million. you put all this stuff together, how many more people are suffering than? <clears throat> yeah. And you know what? I heard yeah. I heard that the average rate or the average um, death 
what's the fatality rate? Not fatality rate. The the, the uh, age, the average death age for COVID nineteen okay. is higher than the average death age in general. They're just the average death right age. Okay. So, like if if right now the United States is um, and the average death age, I don't know, that doesn't even sound right, does it? No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're good. 70, let's say yeah, it's 77 like 70, or whatever it is, 78. Yeah, it's 80. The average COVID death age is like 85. So, again, I sound like a heartless asshole. <laughs> I, I care about keeping old people alive. I do, I too. Love yeah, I, I love <laughs> We're going to just put that out I there. I old people. I do, Mark. too. <laughs> Mark's always defending grandma. <laughs> I do, too. No, absolutely. This one's for you, Mima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do, too. But I'm just saying, you know, again, yeah. what we have to, what we're playing with here, again, what I'm saying is, what we're playing with is fact. What we should be playing with is facts and 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 mm-hmm. statistics and numbers and real, you know, like okay, well, you're right. So what do we what do we say? Eighty, eighty nine thousand people have died. Okay, in the United States this year, how many have suffered or will suffer in the next year uh, because they've been laid off? And, and I can tell you, so uh, this may be a good time for us to go around the room to just talk a little bit more. We talked about Mark yeah. and what you do for a living, working for a healthcare company, um, doing a lot of kidney dialysis and different things. Rob, tell, uh, tell everybody what you do. So we just kind of like give a, you know. Yeah, I work for a large uh, commercial real estate company. So um, I'm on the financing side, but we also work with a lot of the investment sales guys. Um, and obviously, since really late March at this point, Banks have been, you know, I wouldn't say closed, but put on pause. Um, as we know, the Fed government, the federal government, they brought out the payroll protection program, which really ruined banks' day-to-day operations for about a, I think it was three weeks, maybe two and a half weeks. It was actually open for and had money liquid in it until it was filled up. I think, I think it only lasted two and a half weeks. Um, so my business has been a little interesting right now, but yeah, it's been, it's been, it'll be interesting to see what happens in real estate going forward, yeah. um, specifically in the way, talking about apartments and renters, right? Those uh, working class individuals, we'll see We'll see how, how rent gets paid in the next couple of months. God forbid more people lose their job and sign up for unemployment, so right. we'll see. Yeah, and I, just for everybody out there, I, I, um, I work for a small family-owned business. Uh, my dad owns a company. Uh, we have less than 50 employees, uh, what you would consider small. Um, and so, um, and, and I'm in a management position for them. And so I, I have a, uh, I feel like I have a very, um, good understanding of how like the small companies are handling things mm-hmm. and, and how, and just companies in general. But I could tell you as like, from, from my perspective, I know that going forward, companies will use this as an excuse, um, to trim the fat for less, for, for lack of a better words, they, they were, th- you know, if you could have told, and, and this is the cold, hard truth, it sucks. And it's, it's really, um, shitty to, to say it's, or to hear, yeah. but you know, companies look at it from a numbers perspective. You got a number, a pencil pusher somewhere saying, Hey man, you need to cut costs by X percent, or you need to mm-hmm. reduce workforce by X percent. This has given a lot of companies a good reason to lay off people, to shut locations down, to shut restaurants down, whatever it is, right? Large companies too. As one of the pencil pushers, yep. Have and y'all been, exactly. a large company? Have yeah, been, that, that is. That's a good question. You have know. y'all been surprised by how quickly employers have gotten rid of thirty percent of the employment base? Have, y- have y'all been surprised by that? I'm not like, surprised. 
whatsoever. You're not? No. That because by mid April they said, Hey, thirty yeah. percent of whoever you might be well, and I, I think you're again, furloughed or we might I could tell you, you like so fucking great question because as as I a small su- business I, will say I was surprised initially. I was surprised that people have been there for years. Yeah. Working this gig. Yes, we've been doing great since, you know, call it 2010, right? Economy's been hustle and bustle. Dell Jones stock market's doing great. Yep. Um, until, what was it, February? But, so, I, you're, you're, you're totally right. And I, I again, I, I think I'd be uh, very intimately familiar with how, you are, why, yeah. why the people would do that. Yeah. So, like as a small company, as a small <laughs> business, um, people look at businesses like they make lots of money. Right, so they're like, oh well, such and such. I don't know, um, whatever the, God, the the, whatever big company, Berkshire Hathaway, you know, like some investment company or 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 uh, Delta Airlines, mm-hmm. Southwest Airlines, uh, Caterpillar, whatever you want to say. They're like, oh well, those guys, you know, they make tons of fucking money. They don't. Why would they lay off people, right? But you, you have to understand, like, companies are not individuals. Companies make money to spend it. So they have a margin they look for, mm-hmm. right? So like in, in certain areas, like like in hospitals, it may be 1%. Walmart, it may be 2 or 3%. Yeah. And in railroads, it may be 30%. But they're, they're looking for that margin, but they're spending money because their whole goal is to expand business, um, bring value to the shareholder, yeah. right? And so they don't, like, they do save money, but they don't save money expecting everything to shut down immediately. Well, if you look at a cash flow statement, right, there's yeah. a section for investing activity. And, yep. and companies spend a lot of money there. It's not cheap to run a business in the first place to operate it. Yeah. Then, um, and then they have debts to maintain as well. It is kind of interesting to look at how these companies have managed their balance sheets, though, and, and which companies are more cash rich and able to keep things going Ooh. a little longer and a little better sure. than others. So yep. that would be, that's a whole other podcast, but yeah, uh, I'm curious about but it. But I think, but I think that what you just commented on, I think that leads you to think about technology companies and the amount of capital they have just been holding, call it offshore accounts that some of them have got caught for. Yeah, what, Apple but has hundred billion I think uh, I think that's where cash a lot rich. of this yeah. employment force is then going to have to go to post-pandemic times. Yeah. I think a lot of these people are going to be working more hourly jobs. Somehow, maybe it's data centers. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be implemented with technology. Even if companies are cash rich, they're not going to want to burn their cash position. Not on payroll, though. right? Yeah. Not right. On, those will be the ones yeah. that grow. Those will be the ones that are using capital improvements to yeah. gain a more market share because they're open right now. When yep. some other companies are taking a, bit, a little bit longer to go back or answer that phone call. Or- I, I saw, you know, like recently, for example, here's a good example. I saw. Um, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, it was it was an article talking about Delta, Delta Airlines, and it said Delta at that time was burning a hundred million dollars a day. Oh no! Right. So when people like we're talking, and Mark, you're you're a, I would say an expert, right? On what? A fucking qualified expert accounting on what? Principles on what? <laughs> at, at financial and accounting, but I do. I have. A bachelor's degree in accounting. <laughs> I up. don't know if that makes me an expert. <laughs> expert in the room. I work in finance. In the room. And I you live it though, man. I'm technically by training an accountant. Mark yes. lives the grind. Yeah. So he's we're gonna give him credit he's for the an expert beans. in the room. I do yeah, a so. journal entry every month. Hey, like, that's pretty important. One a month. It's yeah. more than I do. So that's but that's a uh, total. <laughs> that's that's a um, so 
this article was talking about like Delta Airlines, and when people talk about what they think of is they think of big companies. They think of, oh, you know, again, Delta or whoever, rich, tons of money. They make tons of money. Oh, yeah. But they're again, they're, they're, they're set up to essentially funnel it right back into themselves in some form, right? Mm-hmm. They hold cash usually for a rainy day, uh, for investment opportunities or, or acquisitions or things like that. Yep. But it's not like yep. they're, not, they're not holding... Uh, they, they don't just pile, stockpile cash in the bank account just for no reason, right? There they, are decisions to make about yeah, how what to do with your earnings, uh, right? And different companies do different things. Some older, more stable companies pay them out as dividends. Um, other companies keep them as retained earnings, right? Um, so it just company to company, I think. Yeah, but but the but like for example, so like in Delta's case, this article says they're they're burning. I can't remember, 100 million or 100, it was 100 million, I think it was a, a day, but it may have been a month. Some ungodly number, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. all you have to think, and then, and then it said like their goal was to reduce cash burn next month to 50 million. <laughs> right, right. Right. And right. so that's substantial. It's yeah, that's substantial, half, but, that's half loss. but you know, all you have to think of is like, again, no matter what, at the end of the day, for every dollar a company makes, mm-hmm. substantial portion of that goes out in expenses for, for sure. payroll for for um you know uh, whatever uh, capital expenditures for uh, anything and everything i mean think about walmart 98 cents of every dollar they make goes to expenses right to, to the employees wages to the transportation the transportation of, of refrigeration goods. of produce yeah. and electricity and yep and then to the buildings to the the the, the maintenance yeah. the yeah rental square anything footage, right man. I mean, so they're making their every dollar 98 98 cents of it goes out in expenses. So if you think, if you scale that up and say, mm-hmm. well, Delta is is burning 100 mil a day. Yeah. What are it, their revenues? Right, and I don't know. Um, I'd have to look it up. But yeah. again, the point being is the, the the article was saying they were losing 100 mil. Yeah. Right, so they had like a couple. That was net. Worth. That was net. They were lost. Yeah, that was so net. The net loss. Is this a cash burn or a net loss from a, like a P and L perspective? I don't really burning cash. I think it was a cash burn. Yeah. Is what they described it as. It's a good question. I don't know. Uh, the 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 way they were describing it was like a hundred mil cash burn, and they were trying to reduce it to fifty mil cash burn, and their goal there, I mean, mm-hmm. again, what they were trying to do is say, well. Okay, it doesn't matter what number you're talking about, whether it's a dollar or a hundred million. If you have to, if you have, you know, ninety percent of it going to your expenses, that goes really fast. Hundred hundred million per day, Connor. Hundred million per day, right? Was that First it? First quarter losses, total net loss of five hundred and thirty-four million. Yeah, and then and then if you First look at their quarter twenty. That's crazy. It's fucking insane. But that was April. That was one bad day in April. Late bad April, day. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they lost under mill a day. <laughs> one bad day. The bad yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. But and that's probably the day they wrote the article. But that's <laughs> <laughs> worth writing at the end. Right? Yeah. But so you you're looking at a hundred mil a day. People, and, yeah. Okay, that sounds how do you like, offset and, that? You offset that by slimming and, down your, your payroll. Right. And how fast does how fast does that go down? So like you know, it's the easiest thing, the most effective thing to do because that's the most expensive variable expense. of anyone's anyone's biggest variable expenses. Expense. Yeah, that's right. It's not a fixed cost, right? It's a, it's a variable cost, so they could they could trim it back. But mm-hmm. so at a hundred mil, 
it, even if you had yeah. what like like some of these companies though you hear these ungodly numbers again Apple like twenty five billion, billion in cash in an offshore account billion in cash forgot to tax yeah. Facebook or yeah I do want I want to clarify some of it is a fixed cost but you can still lower your fixed costs sure salaries yeah or you know yeah, yeah that makes sense. our fixed costs they don't go up and down with, with production yeah. but but you can cut them you still cut them right yeah. right so that that makes sense so yeah but you, you're you're still saying so, like with Delta, 100 million a day. Well, how long does when you look at their their balance sheet and they say, well, we have, uh, I don't know, 10 billion on the books at, uh, as you know as cash, uh, you know, or or even fuck, I don't know, 50 billion on cash. How fast does 100 million a day go? That's, really fucking yeah, fast. That's pretty crazy, right? Isn't that sound crazy? Because when I read Fed, that, I thought, is Holy the Fed shit. saving any of these? Not, they haven't. They haven't come in and they haven't swooped in at all yet on some of these companies they've 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 propped up the the airlines they have they've given a lot to internal government agencies they have yeah i haven't seen them small i haven't seen them come in and save a gm yet or anything like they would do that under the authority of fiscal policy right so it it takes a coordinated effort from the federal reserve and congress to do something like that that, that's happened yet yeah no, 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 I don't not, think so. Not, I, I mean, they've done the stimulus. Their stimulus packages, they've propped up airlines a bit. And, yeah, but that's and all supposed done, to burn off by September. Right. They've done um, some of the small stuff, like the PPP. Um, yeah, for small businesses. Which something interesting I found, I don't know if you've heard this with the small businesses, but that payroll protection program, the companies that were accepted, Shake Shack being one of them, got a lot of publicity for, pub, you know, for it. But. The, the companies that actually, small businesses actually got it were 4.5 times bigger than the small businesses that did not get protection under right. that stimulus. Yeah, and that's a weird thing because... I don't know why they would go... They got big by being better at what they do than those small companies, probably. Yeah. So they pro- yeah, it's but it's a, probably it a be bigger a effect on payroll. It's probably yeah. a bigger effect on who's actually hired there. And- well, and the argument is, well, it doesn't matter the size. It, it is still, we're talking about a company who... If it doesn't have help, oh yeah, that's you know, a bigger shock on the market, right? I mean, and you're probably talking a it's probably the rule of weighted right. averages too, and right? What they're arguing is they're saying, well, whether I have 30 employees and I make a million a year in revenue, or I have a mm-hmm. thousand employees and I make yeah, who do you help? It doesn't matter. They're both they're both important. You hope that you're saving the proportionate like. Proportionately, the same number of jobs essentially per dollar giving to per yeah. dollar. Hopefully, yeah. right. I've you never hope. really seen the government do it as efficiently as possible, but hopefully, you would say, "How many people can I help per dollar spent?" Yeah, I don't know what that analysis looks like. I would love to see that Excel file or whatever algorithm Mark brought <laughs> I mean, to the have, table. They have time but to do that yeah. in this kind of situation. Or, There's know, plenty right. of time right now for these. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 interesting, and I and all this stuff goes to just show you, like, you know, I my original thought with this podcast was like, well, how can we how can we get some like common sense, some some dialogue going with some young, uh, young stallions, young stallions. Is that fair? That's fair. Um, some young, in quotes, stallions, and and <laughs> like you know, with with guys like our age, where. You know, we're all under thirty. We're 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 thirty ish, barely. Yeah, thirty or under. Yeah, Mark. Sorry. And I'm not thirty yet. <laughs> He's it's getting okay. there. I got a couple of right. ones. Yeah. But you know, 
I love think the it's, 30s. I do great. think it's super important because you know we're talking about we're talking to our generation, our pe- the people that we interact yeah. with daily, who are going to be the next leaders of the economy. And I think it's important that we all um, have some dialogue around this kind of stuff and and some gray, like not black and white, not um, talk through it. Yeah, find your opinions, and find no, your reasons why it's not all left right. It's not all Republican, Democrat. Does, it's not all conservative, liberal. No, it's it's all it's it's. There's lots of nuance to each each discussion and argument, and I think it's important that we do that. So, I I think this is a really good first podcast. Great start. The Thank wives are home, which Thanks means the party's over. The party's fucking over. Wives. <laughs> so, but this has been a great first start, and Thanks I think we've had us. a really uh, productive, you know, at least go around, and then we could try it again here, you know, maybe in a week or two. We'll be around. So, yeah, that sounds fun. This was a blast, guys. You know, a, yeah. Much love. Cheers. So, uh, anyway, Star Spangled Banter, episode one. Bang, bang. Appreciate it. We will, uh, Easy money. We'll, we'll be back at you quickly. Talk to you guys soon. Bang, bang. Bang, bang.